you know, I, I'm really pumped. So let's just keep it that way. I think it's okay to disagree. I just think there's the right mm-hmm. way to do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living a Life Through Books, the podcast about everything bookish. I'm your host, Dr. Shanaz Ahmed, and today we are going to explore the bookish world through Bookstagram and more. I'm talking with Erica from handle sand underscore between underscore pages. Here's what Erica had to say about herself. Quote, Hi, I'm Erica. I'm an instructional designer at a small college, a mom to three rowdy reading boys, a fandom lover, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, a cupcake connoisseur, a dog petter, a NaNoWriMo writer, and an avid reader. I was born in Colorado, then lived in Omaha, Nebraska, and now I reside in St. Augustine, Florida. Aside from reading books, I like to swim, spend time with my family, and go to the ocean. Close quote. The ocean sounds like so much fun, Erica. Anyway, that was Erica's introduction in her own words. And before I start this conversation, real quick housekeeping. This talk is divided into two parts, so I can keep the episodes a moderate length. This is part two of two, the final part. And here's Erica. Do you find for yourself that your ratings change over time? What I mean by that is I'll start off, there are books I've started off and said four stars. Mm -hmm. A while later, a few months later, I'm going, why did I give it four stars? That's really just a three star. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think my ratings change all the time your tastes evolve. I think that's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, books that I rated five stars when I was 22, they uh-huh. want to be five stars for me now. I mean, when I was 22, I was reading Twilight and, and like, <laughs> right. if I read that now, I'd be like, what is this? I mean, you just, it's natural. You evolve. You right. Um, like you said, the more you read, the more, not judgmental is not the right word, but the more picky you probably become because when you read books like A Little Life or Mm -hmm. The Goldfinch, I mean, you see what, what right, what good writing can be. Oh yeah. So then when I read other books, I'm like, I mean, there's just no comparison. So I definitely change ratings. I'm still working on The Goldfinch, by the way. I'm doing the audio and I'm doing it little at a time and it's just slowly, it's, it's just kind of like, it is slow, but I'm just slowly taking it in. Little, you know, he's uh, yeah. he's in uh, right now. He's in uh, Las Vegas, and oh, okay. he and he's just met his uh, friend. Boris, what's that? His Russian friend. Yes, yes, his Russian friend. Yes, and yeah. uh, so they're just hanging out. And yes, he does mention that he realized that, you know, later on that he'll, he'll know that this is a friend who lasts for a while with him kind of thing. And it's really, um, I'm really intrigued by, uh, what's the character name? The guy he left behind the, the one, the, yeah. In the, in the shop. Yeah. I'm really intrigued by that. And of Mm -hmm. course there's the damn painting of the goldfinch. Right. From the museum. I'm kind of like, I mean, through this whole thing, I'm kind of like, wait, I'm 30% in and wait, don't forget this goldfinch. And that's the title of the book. Right. 
<laughs> so, yeah, I think Donna Tartt is one of the best writers I've ever read. I think she's masterful. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so I'm uh, I'm working on that. I'm working on Saint X. Okay, the I've audio heard- of that. So just kind of working on a lot of things and the book bingo that I'm right book bingo giveaway that I'm doing. So I'm kind of. Um, which is a book you have read. I've just started it, uh, Ready Player One. Yeah, I love Ready Player One. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, just started it. I'm not a sci-fi person. Okay. So my husband, when he saw my book bingo board and he saw read a sci-fi book, he was just tickled pink. Oh, that's great. He was like, yes, sci-fi. I'm like, yeah, I don't know why I put that there. I mean, I wasn't thinking. I don't know any sci-fi books. And he looks at, he looks at me going, oh, look at me. Uh, sci-fi, hello. I've got so many sci-fi books. What do you need? <laughs> he was so excited about it. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. So he gave me Ready Player One and he's like a little kid in a candy store. He's always been like, did you read it yet? Where are you? Is, is, what's going on? What's going on? Do you like it? Do you like it? It's just, it's, it's really cute. So, yeah. um, bookish dis- dislikes. Bookish dislikes. Okay. But, you mean like genre or what, like what? I mean like, uh, I don't mean a book personally. I mean bookish uh, as in uh, like book shaming. Okay. Uh, book communication, book etiquette, things that uh, pet peeves of people saying things wrong or doing things wrong. Bookish dislikes. Like on Instagram, sort of, in that, in that area? On Instagram, or even whatever way you want to talk about it. Even if you want to say, oh, I have a, my, in my book club, this happens, and I hate when this happens. You know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Any, any bookish, the bookish etiquettes that we must follow, and sure. yeah, that you don't like when it's not followed. Yeah, so um, I don't have a lot, and, okay. but the only thing I can really think of is, you know, if, if I'm raving about a book, and I loved it, and mm-hmm very clear that there's an emotional reaction to a certain book and then someone I hated that I've I hate I don't like that it's a pet peeve I think I think we can disagree on books but still be respectful okay um that's probably the only thing that ever comes up that really bothers me you Mm -hmm. know it's like I just think that it's especially if you just got done reading something and you're just really excited about it and you know someone doesn't like it I don't need that negative you know I'm really pumped so let's just keep it that way I think it's okay to disagree I just think there's the right mm-hmm. way to do it that makes sense okay I can't think of anything else though like off the top of my head nothing comes to mind that really bothers me very much I feel like I'm pretty easygoing in that sense like you know to each their own and people do what they want to do they read how they want to read and it's mm-hmm. fine do you have a uh, any specific bookish memory that sticks out? It could be anything like, oh my God, there was this book I really wanted, 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 and then this book just showed up at my door or whatever, or I'm walking through the airport and I ran into Taylor Jenkins Reads. I, I don't know, just any specific bookish memory that just goes, oh, I have to tell you this book story. Um. 
You know, my memories probably gravitate towards my early reading. I, okay. my dad's an avid reader. Mm-hmm. My mom's a reader. Um, but you know, my dad used to read with me when I was little. Uh huh. He read the Chronicles of Narnia with me. Aw. Yeah. So, I mean, those are the kind of memories that pop up and, you know, he was just very adamant about instilling like a love for reading with my brother and I, mm-hmm. I remember moving. We moved, we had a big move when I was 15. Mm-hmm. It was hard. It's hard to move when you're that age. And, yes. you know, I, I was angry with my dad cause we moved for his job, but I remember him giving me a copy of Anna Karenina. Okay. I think I was way too young to read it. Uh-huh. But it's still, it, he always had a way of giving me books that put things in perspective in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one that does. And even though I didn't fully grasp the whole situation that was going, you know, adultery was very foreign to a 15 year old and right. it still puts things into perspective. So my book memories, they pretty much all, when I think of them, I think about my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and even now, like we, you know, when, when my brother was like eight, uh-huh. he was reading Harry Potter and my dad decided to read them too, but in Italian, cause he speaks Italian. He only reads in Italian to keep up the language. Oh, wow. And they, yeah, they raced through them. Like they decided let's have a race and see who can finish them all. And uh-huh. obviously that's my brother's memory, but, um, I just read Harry Potter for the first time at 30. I don't know what I was doing prior to age 30 because those books are amazing. I understand the hype. Mm-hmm. Um, they're incredible. And so dad re- reread them again. Right. And just having him to always talk to about characters like that when, you know, you don't always have someone in your, and I wasn't on Instagram at that point either. Mm -hmm. So it was just, you know, those are great memories to stand out to me. Harry Potter will always be that kind of nostalgia because opening those books was like, how have I not been reading this my whole life? And now I'm rereading them to my, my sons and it's just a great experience. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess when I think about books, I think about reading with dad. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What are your all-time favorite books? Five. I'm just going to give you top five. All-time okay. favorite. Um, my number one is I Know This Much Is True by Wally Lamb. Okay. Um, it, Wally Lamb, it, it's a long book. It's mm-hmm. over 800 pages with a lot of character development. So it's right up my alley. It's okay. sad. It's horrifically sad. Not as sad as A Little Life. Okay. Um, I read it for the first time in like eighth grade. And okay. it was, it's not for an eighth grader. I don't know how I got my hands on it. But I okay. reread it since twice. And I don't really re- reread books. It's just, it's great. I definitely uh-huh. recommend it if you like books like that. Um, Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. Emily Bronte. Um, definitely. I read it in high school for the first time and then I reread it a few years ago and I don't know why I love it so much because it's so slow and so depressing, but I just do. I love it. Okay. Um, I really like, I am Charlotte Simmons by Tom Wolfe. It's something that I need to reread because it's been years. Okay. Uh, But it's just one of those that sticks up in my favorites. Okay. The goldfinch would be on there. Okay. Um, because top all-time favorites okay yeah I think so I mean it's hard it's a hard question and I'm gonna look back later and be like wait what about this book what about this book but just off the top of my head that Uh that, uh-huh 
and I'm gonna have to probably say can I can I use the whole Harry Potter sure Harry Potter would be in there you know it's funny I'd have to go back to all my podcasts and see when I asked this question I think uh that's one of the first things that they come up can I pick the whole Harry Potter series because if I can't then I'm gonna pick my top five is book one, two, three, four, five or something. That's yeah. the thing. People just say that. I'm like, sure, just pick Harry Potter as one. It's good. Okay, good. Well, that's definitely in there. Yeah, Harry Potter is good. What are your thoughts on books and covers? Like book covers? Yeah, book covers yeah, and I mean, their content. Do you, really, do you really feel a cover reflects a book at all? I think they should. I don't always think they do. Okay. Um, let me give you an example. I haven't read St. X, but I've seen the cover. It's been uh-huh. all over Instagram. Right. But I've, heard, I've heard that, I mean, that's a bright, cheerful cover. Um, right. You know, it's got all the tropical colors. You have a palm tree. So when I look at that book, I'm thinking like, this is going to be a fun, beachy read. And I've heard it's not. It's not a fun, beachy read. No. Right. So I think covers should reflect what what you're going to open up because- as much as we don't want to judge books by their covers, I think a lot of times we do, obviously, or else we wouldn't have these beautiful covers, marketing, right. they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, if I like, pick up a book that looks happy and then it's not, I mean, you can look at the cover of A Little Life. You oh, know God. that's not going to be happy. <laughs> so that's you have, good. I mean, you have a picture funny. of Jude there. I mean, I'm sure it's Jude. I mean, you just have Jude. Yeah, it is Jude. Yeah. Um, yeah, I read up on that cover actually, and it was at—I mean, it was actually done by a photographer taking pictures um, of men about to pictures of men that are right up on the brink of a climax. Oh, that's, really? That's what that cover is. And oh wow! Okay, yeah. I would, I would have. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and I mean it's. It's some artists that did this series of pictures like that. And I think it's a great cover because it represents the pain he always had in that part of his life. Because he right. looks like he's in pain. And that he was is in pain. Right. He is in pain. No, he doesn't look like he's in pain. He, he is he, in pain. He, but the, is actual, in pain. the actual guy that that's taken of is not in pain. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So, okay. I find that that cover gives you a whole other, dim- once you know this backstory, it's a uh-huh. whole other dimension of that book. It's like brilliant. Wow. If you think about it, because there's so much symbolism in a person in pain, just like Jude was with right. that part of his life. It was never healthy or normal for him. So, right. so yeah, I mean, book covers, I love a pretty cover and a lot of Instagram is all about aesthetics and pretty covers. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I pick up a book and the covers misled me. Sometimes I'm kind of put off by that. Uh, American Dirt cover. Yeah. Um, I've got it right up here on my bookshelf. That's why I'm looking at it. Um, it's like, I haven't read American Dirt yet. Oh, you have not. I haven't. I have a copy. I've had a copy for months. I was, there's been so much controversy over the book. I don't know how hip I am to read it right now I feel like I want to read it eventually but I'm not I'm not trying to anytime soon 
if that makes sense. Is it because of the controversy? You know, it's not. Um, I, it just, I'm just not in the mood for that yet, for that right now. I think, like, the controversy definitely probably influenced it afterwards, but even when it was first coming out and everyone was talking about it, it was like, eh. You know, and I, I just, I'm not rushing to get to it right now. I, okay. I, I'm trying to think of the cover. It's the blue on the front and the wings, right? Yeah. It's blue flowers, right. birds, and it's barbed wire. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, Which is know. very subtle. You don't see the barbed wire because it's so pretty, right. and you almost look at it as more, almost like a partition. Right. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that I will read it, but I don't, I don't know when. I don't know uh. when. Which means you won't listen to my podcast about American Dirt, my book. I will called. listen to your podcast about it. Absolutely. But it's got I, spoilers, you know, though. It, it, we talk about everything. We talk about the end. And, you know, well, so I'd hate for you to listen to the podcast and be like, oh, great. Thank you for telling me how it ends. But you're, tell, you're just warning me now. So anything that I do now is on my own volition. It's on my fault. Okay. Got it, got it. Got it. Got it. Got um, it. Right. What are good books you think, what are good characteristics of books that would make great book club books? Yeah, I think a great book club book is something that the majority of people are going to like. I think that, you know, and it's okay to not like a book, but people most of the time are not going to want to discuss it as much unless they really want to rip it apart. Um, you know, that's a great question because like my in real life book club this month is reading Evelyn Hugo. Uh And I think there's, I think a book that gives you a lot to discuss is a good book club book. I sometimes think rom-coms are not great book club books because what, sometimes what can you, what can you discuss there? I mean, I'm not saying they're bad books to read. Like, right. I love a good rom-com here and there, but Sometimes it's like, okay, well, the couple liked each other and then they had some adversity, but then they had a happily ever after. I mean, it's just always kind of the same. Right. So mm-hmm. I think books that have like more interpretations than, mm-hmm. than one is a good thing to have mm-hmm. in a book club or books that just have a lot of different talking points are good, good ones to pick. Okay. How do you maintain your reading habit um, with a full-time job and three children? How many, yeah. okay, how many books do you finish in a month, in a year, and how do you maintain that? Yeah, so it's gone up every year. So when mm-hmm. I first started, you know, like my kids are, I have twins that are eight and I have a six-year-old. So oh. when I had my three under three, I didn't get a lot of reading done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still tried to read, but my books were like on parenting. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Right. So um, I think I started to pick up more avidly reading in um, probably about four or five years ago. And I set goals at like 48, 50 books. And every okay. year I beat it. So this this year, I think my goal is uh, um, this year, I think it's 80. And mm-hmm. I just read my 21st book today. So I know Yay. I'm, I'm going to crush it. Um, I just try to make it a priority. So typically I'll read 
during my lunch break at work, which gives okay. me half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to an audiobook on my commute. Right. Um, How long is your commute? I'm 20 minutes each way. So I've got about 40 minutes in the car every day. Okay. And then um, my kids go to bed at eight. So eight to nine, I disconnect. It was one of my New Year's resolutions to not have any technology during eight to nine. And I'll just read. Okay. Um, it's like my favorite time of night. So that's something I make a priority mm-hmm. on the weekends. You know, we're usually busy. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of stuff with the kids, but if I, I just always prioritize it and I don't watch a lot of TV. So a lot of times my free time or my downtime is book reading. And, you know, I personally love a Goodreads goal for myself. Mm-hmm. I try to compare my reading habits to anyone else. I know there's people out there that can read hundreds, 200 books a year. I'm just right. not there. And I think it's great, but I don't, get down on myself if I'm not reading as much as someone else. Mm-hmm. And like, it just going back to what I said earlier, this is for my own pleasure. I don't want it to ever become like a job or a chore. If there's a day that is just super busy and I just didn't get any reading done or very little, it just is what it is. Right. So, but I do try and keep that eight to nine slot open every night. So that that's really good. Yeah. I used to, um, when I first started reading, I went from like zero books a year to like four mm-hmm. to 12. Mm-hmm. When I was around the 12 books a year and I was actually reading a book a month kind of a thing, I started right. looking at people. I'm going, how are they doing a hundred books or 200 right. books? I'm just like, I don't get it. And now I think it's something that people have to build up to. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you're just growing every year. Yeah. yeah, you do. You definitely do. And, you know, life happens and, mm-hmm. and things come up and you just can't do it as much. You just mm-hmm. you can't. So, like, I I set goals and I try and achieve them every year. But, and I don't know what it would be like if I don't achieve my goal yet because so far I've hit my marks. But I try and set achievable goals. Right. Um, and, like, you know, I'm very aware that my kids are still young. So, mm-hmm. I'm not going to every night get that eight to nine spot. Um, especially lately. It seems like after I put them to bed, they always have so many questions. After <laughs> so I'm like, guys, I'm reading. This is reading time. But I also think like, you know, reading at night kind of sets an example for them too. Right. We also, we read Harry Potter together. I count that in my reading challenge. If I'm Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, there's just little built-in times and yeah, just... Every day I do my best. If I'm in the mood for this, and that's great. And, you know, lessening TV, lessening time on my phone, that's something that's helped a lot too. Mm-hmm. So. Just recently on Bookstagram, you mentioned comfort books. Yeah. Tell me what a comfort book is. Yeah. When does one read a comfort book? Because I had not heard the term comfort books until a yeah. week ago. And I was like, huh, I just, because I just read Right. Um, you know, like I was saying earlier, I don't reread a lot, to be honest, but there's something about, and I was featuring Harry Potter in that post, there's just something about rereading those books or books that you're nostalgic for. Like, you know, I love Lord of the Rings books. And sometimes just picking up The Hobbit and reading like a chapter from that, it uh-huh. brings you back to a time 
that felt good. It's a nostalgic thing. It's like listening to a great song that you played a lot in your life. Right. So something that just, you know, like you have a hard day. If I pick up and I read about um, Harry and his first broomstick ride, that's just something that's comforting. Mm -hmm. It's familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, Not all books are like that. I mean, I'm not going to go pick up a little life for comfort. <laughs> I hope not. I would be no. worried. Yeah. I, I would seriously have questions about, about it. But Right. Um, but, you know, like I posted that post Friday and it had been a long week. There's uh-huh. a lot going on in the world. So sometimes it's a comfort can be synonymous with escape. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was thinking when I posted that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your big hand challenge. I see this all the time. I'm just, I have to ask you. Yeah. How did it start? What the heck? Yeah. Okay. So I don't remember when, but it was at some point last year. Okay. That I I noticed anytime in a picture I was, um, that I had myself in with my hands, I noticed that my hands just looked really big. They look, they just, they're big. My hands are big. It's a big oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that's a big hand. Yeah. I mean, they, they like dwarf my mom's hands. Even last night I was out with some girlfriends and my hands are bigger than all of theirs. I don't remember how it came up that we were doing this, but. Huh. So I was talking about it and it just kind of became like a thing on Instagram. So then, um, people will poke fun and like these massive hands. So my friend Kimberly, whose handle is at space to read she was doing a challenge that my friend Kristen and I set forth called a steam stack challenge. Okay. She did hers in her hand and she was holding like five books. And she was like, look how many books I held. And I don't even have big hands like you, Erica. So I challenge you to hold more than this. And then I did, I held seven and, and it just, so then I was like, you know what? This would be really fun. Let's make this a hashtag. Uh-huh. Everyone look, go see how many books you can hold in your hand and just tag it massive hand challenge. And yeah, it's been like fun to see everyone doing it and people, mm-hmm. I can't do this. I have a little baby. It's just so silly. It's like just a fun thing. Whenever I sign on and see someone's done it, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's hilarious. I'm going to post one with okay. one book. Here's my <laughs> hand challenge. One book. That's how big my hand is. I think you can hold more than one. Unless you're holding <laughs> a, big, a big book. But you need to, you know, strive for more here. Okay. Maybe two? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's better than one, but... Well, <laughs> let's see. This much. I don't know. Hmm. You, could hold, you could hold a good five in there. I could probably hold three. Huh. Because I have something... Well, maybe I should try it. Yeah. I need, need finger exercise, right? Yeah, you gotta stretch. Right. Make sure you drink a lot of water so you're hydrated. You don't cramp up as fast. There's some technique to it. And so, what do you do? You hold books in your one hand and then you take a picture with the other. Yeah, you can't. Now you're not. You can't. It's not a stack. You okay. gotta hold them sideways. Okay. So gonna, like, it's gonna okay. hurt. It's gonna hurt. Just so okay. You know. So I'm gonna feel good. That's why. So I said your drink fingers water. have to actually curl up a little bit. No, no. Just how many you can get in your hand. Okay. So, so if you look at the hashtag, you'll see how everyone's doing them. And it's okay. Pretty- I'll, I'll look at that. It's, it looks painful. It is. I mean, <laughs> it's a good 20 minutes so you feel normal again. <laughs> I love it. You're like, it is painful, but yeah, do it. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you can say you did it. Okay. 
Okay, I'm gonna. Hey, maybe I can take really small books. Yeah, I mean, if you want to cheat, sure. That's not cheating. No, that's not cheating. I I have the Narnia series. Okay, we'll see if you can get all seven there. I probably could get the Narnia series in there because it's the box. Probably. Well, you can't use the box. You can't use the box because that's like just it's holding it together. It's easier. Oh, you got to take them out. Yeah. I can't use the box. No, you can't use the box or else I'd use the box. It fit like three boxes in my hand. Oh, that's true. Ah, man. I I was just, I was just thinking that box is super easy. I'm going to just do it. Well, yeah. Yeah. We would all do the box if we could. Hello. Yeah. Any other bookish topics you want to talk about? Um, you know, I'm always up for any kind of bookish topic. Um, you know, I mean, maybe I'll talk about Bookstagram because that's obviously where sure, yeah. mm-hmm. we met. Um, it's amazing. Okay. I can't say enough good things about that community. Um, I'm not, I'm a very private person. I'm very introverted. Uh-huh. So, um, but for me as an introvert and as someone who's very private, um, and my my real life friends, you know, we're not all readers, and that's obviously my passion. So coming uh-huh. up with this community, meeting people mm-hmm. that I would have never met, mm-hmm. um, even though it's through the internet, which you know nowadays is a way to meet, it's a legitimate way for you to make friendships. Right. I'm just really thankful for the community. I have one really good friend I made. Her name's Bonnie. She's that sincerely reading. Uh huh. Just people that you know, I would have never connected without mm-hmm. Instagram. So I just, you know, if we're talking bookish things, that's a place that I'm just so thankful for. It's a creative outlet. Um, it's a place to talk about all these books we're reading. It's a place for recommendations. I mean, oh, yes. Constant. Um, and just, yeah, I just love it. So I just wanted to say something about it and how thankful I am for it. And you know, before this, I was on Goodreads, and it's just, I love Goodreads, but it's not the same. You don't get the kind of engagement that you do on Instagram. Right. Right. No, I I completely agree with you. After Bookstagram, it's like it's exposed me to so many different books. Mm-hmm. Like, all of a sudden, all I have to do is, okay, what book do I read? I don't mm-hmm. even go back to my Goodreads thing. I just go to Bookstagram and start looking at. I'm like, oh, what book is this? Huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, this. You know, like for example, when Crawdads came out, mm-hmm. every other Bookstagram picture was Crawdads. Yeah, Crawdads is big. Yeah. So then I'm I'm thinking, what is this book? Right. I have to read this, and that's kind of how I felt about American Dirt, Saint X. When you start seeing this all the time, yeah. Daisy Jones. Yep. Oh yes, absolutely. Yes. Daisy that Jones. Was everywhere. Yes. Daisy Jones was everywhere. Yeah. The interesting thing is things you save in a fire had a short, like a spurt of everyone posting and then it just kind of mm-hmm. went away. Yeah. Like I think that when you're close to a publishing date or you're just right beyond it or book of the month has books because obviously a lot of people subscribe to that service, you're going to see a lot of those books. Right. And I think a lot of times they're right on. It's those recommend. I like crawdads a lot. Those mm-hmm. recommendations are going to be spot on. If this many people are enjoying those books, right. I think other times, you know, if you have a campaign where the they're trying to promote certain books, those can be, uh-huh. you know, 
because you're seeing the book everywhere and maybe it's not amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean, you just, just kind of got to go with what sounds good, but I'm heavily influenced by things that I see everywhere. Right. I mean, I can think of tons of books I read because of Bookstagram. Evelyn mm-hmm. Hugo is one of them. Right. How do you know a book is a campaign versus well, like saying like huh? Saint X was Saint X was a highly distributed arc. So yes. Okay. Um, I have an arc of Anyone by Charles Soule. Okay. And I think it did get good reviews, but we we were all had a post on a certain day, and so when you see everyone posting on that day, you're ah. like, okay, that's got to be something that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Like, uh-huh. let's promote books more. I mean, like let's have more people start reading, like let's generate hype for books. Absolutely. Um, but I think it can go both ways. I think some really hyped books live up to their hype and some don't. What is your dream book? Uh, I guess your dream, uh, I don't know, your uh, ARC dream, your bookish dream, your bookstagram dream. Like what do I want to get out of all this? What do you want to get out of all this? Or like for me, it would be walking in an airport and running into JK Rowling and yeah. being like, hey, can we have coffee? And she actually says, yes. <laughs> and we, we go to the airport coffee shop and I'm sitting with JK Rowling and yeah. we're having a conversation. That would be... That'd be amazing. Exactly. That, that's what I'm talking about. Like if you had a bookish dream, what would that be? You know, I'd really like to write one. That's my write book. a book. Yeah, absolutely. I I love writing. I always have. Mm-hmm. Um, many a time took a stab at writing something, but you know, it's not there yet, and it's hard. But that's my dream. No question. I um, have been working on writing a book. Oh, that's exciting! A long story. 15 years ago, I came up to like about 80,000 words. Okay. Okay. Wow. And yeah. And then life happened. Mm-hmm. I had to switch jobs. I had to open my practice. I got a divorce. I mean, everything happened at the same time. Sure. And then the book, the characters just died overnight. Like literally, like overnight, I woke up and that's it. There was nothing there. Like every, every day I would wake up and I would see something playing. I mean, if I want to write it, I'd write it. But right. all of a sudden the movie in my brain just stopped. Right. And it just went away. And now 15 years later, they're coming back to me. Ever so often I'll sit, like, like right now I'm talking to you mm-hmm. and I see my main character at the graveyard. I'm still like, it's like I'm seeing him in the graveyard. I'm talking to you and I'm looking at him and I'm like, okay, he's just there. He's just visiting his wife's grave. It's, okay, it's fine. Nothing else is going on. But that, this movie is kind of playing around. So, right. I'm, so I'm planning to get back into it. And one of my uh, friends I met on Instagram, she's an author. Cool. She wrote a YA novel called My Name is Erin and My Mom is an Addict. Okay. It's a very, it's a short book. It's a cute book. Mm -hmm. And it's just about this young girl who, you know, who finds out her mom is is a drug addict and how she deals with it. And the author, I had interviewed her on my podcast and now we're friends. Mm -hmm. And when she found out about my 80,000 word document that's sitting somewhere in the corner of my computer. Yeah. 
she wants me to start again. And she's actually yep. helping me. And one of the advices she gave me, and I'm going to tell you this, is she said, I have to read the book on writing mm-hmm. by Stephen King. I've heard that's amazing. So that is my current, like for today, for this week, whatever, mm-hmm. my challenge to finish that book. And then I'm supposed to report back to her okay. because she wants me to read that book before I even go back and read my manuscript. Yeah. The old manuscript. Sure. So I, I think heard wonderful things about that book. Yeah. So I think you should also mm-hmm. read that book. Yeah. Okay. I, I really do. Because if you want to be a writer, there is a writing community also. Bookstagram is readers and writers. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, NaNoWriMo. Yeah. That's over with that November. And yes. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And so I think you totally should do it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that encouragement. I think I should too. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. This would be so good. <laughs> You'd be waiting a while. Um, not too long, right? Well, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> well we'll see. <laughs> eight, hey, eight to nine is reading time. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Nine to ten is writing time. <laughs> okay. See if I can carve that out. There you go. There you go. Yeah, All right. Like- Anything else, Miss Erica? You know, I don't think so, but I've really enjoyed this hour. It's been fun. I mean, a little over an hour, actually. It's been fun. Yeah. So thank you so much for being on my podcast. I love yeah. this. Well, thank you so much for having me. You know, it, it's, it's been really fun and I think it'll be fun to listen back to our conversation and, you know, have it permanently. And that's it for our conversation with Erica. Before I completely sign off, I do have a request. Do you know someone who would love to listen to this podcast. Please tell one other person to follow the show. It's my listeners and their support that keeps me encouraged and motivated. So thank you for spreading the word. The starting and ending music to this and all my previous episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavic. And that's it for this time. I'm Dr. Shnaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books, signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time.